the 18 inches between your head and your heart, that right there is the ticket to happiness. How can you, while you are inside of the Coke bottle, figure out how to read the directions outside the can? That's the game here. Is your child's challenging behavior leaving you feeling exhausted, defeated, and hopeless? You are not alone. And I want you to know you are not a failure and your child is not broken. Welcome to Calm the Chaos Parenting, the podcast for parents raising strong-willed, highly sensitive, or neurodivergent children. I'm Dana Abraham, parenting expert, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of families just like yours. Each week, I'll share simple science-backed solutions to help you feel more grounded, in tune, and deeply connected to your child, no matter what challenge you face. Start your journey from surviving to thriving as a family at calmthechaospodcast.com. How can we start off an episode called Attachment, Control, and Everything We Want in This World without talking about the elephant in the room. Where are the cookies? Some of you just peed your pants in excitement because you got that joke and are now rolling around in your living room floor like with glee, right? But for everyone else, I'd like to invite you in on the joke. Now, you see, in March 2020, I was like knee deep in learning new and different ways of viewing the world, different than how I've always done it, right? So, I was looking for more ways to expand my horizons, empower myself, think differently, right? I wanted a different future than the one I kind of always had in my head. And boy, did I find that in spades and more, right? Because this journey that I've been on has just been quite something. In March 2020, in our Calm the Chaos Transformational Program, I did a live training called Expectation attachment and chocolate chip cookies. Now, this week I said, "Hey guys, I have the podcast to myself again one more time, you know, before Dana gets back, uh, you know, and we got to we got to get it in. So I'm going to do another solo episode. What should I do?" And what they asked for is this, right? They said, "You guys need this, right? The world needs more of thinking like this." So I promise that I will find a way to work in chocolate chip cookies into this episode, just like I did, you know, for this internal training that we did. So let's get cooking, right? The first thing I want to start off with is expectations. Now, expectations are tricky little buggers. They will ultimately lead you to disappointment. And here's why. Expectations are the precursor to attachment in many, many ways. And we're going to get to attachment here in just a minute, but let's let's focus a little bit on expectations, right? So how many of you guys ask your partner or your kid or your spouse to help you with the laundry or, or maybe the dishes, right? And when they don't fold the towels just right, right? You tell them all about how they're doing it wrong, right? Oh, we fold the thirds and you do it in the halves and oh, nothing fits in the closet. And the result is that they do not help you with the towels anymore. Then you get upset with them and say things like, now I have to do everything myself or this never gets done, right? I know I'm guilty of that, uh, 100%. So, you know, like how many of you guys are out there, like raise your hands, right? 
Or maybe you're on the other end of that, right? You try and do the dishes. Your spouse starts yelling at you about how you're putting the bowls in the wrong place, right? Or, oh my gosh, there is food on the dishes, right? You put it in the dishwasher. You didn't spend 25 minutes pre-washing the dishes before they went in the dishwasher, right? How does it feel to be on the receiving end of that speech, right? It does not feel great, right? That's for sure, right? How does it feel to be told that you aren't good enough, even though you're trying your best to help out, right? And guys, I, I said it a little bit up top, but like, I am not innocent here, right? There are so many ways that this shows up for me in my life, in my relationships. But I will tell you, when I can recognize them and learn where there are ways to grow, my life gets infinitely easier. So I don't know about you guys, but when someone tells me, or even better, when a group of somebody <laughs> tell me that I should go out and see the latest film or, or listen to the, the, the cool new book, right? The minute I start to have expectations for that film or for that book, I'm cooked, right? I'm shot. I know that I cannot see that movie because I will inevitably become disappointed because it can never live up to the hype, right? So let's join these two pieces together and let's bring in attachment into the picture, right? Now, in my journeys, I, I came across a quote, and, and I believe it's from, from the Buddha, right? And it says, uh, essentially, the root of suffering is attachment, right? Some pretty big words there, Buddha, right? <laughs> How can we not get attached, right? How can we still want what we want, have needs, desires, dreams, right? And not get attached to them. So in society, we are taught to dream big, go for the gold, right? Not let anyone or anything get in our way, which I'm a big fan of, right? Dream big. It's essential to getting, you know, like where you want in life, have those big goals, have those big dreams, right? But the only thing in between us and those dreams right, is the distance it takes to get out of your head and into your heart, right? It's a wild journey. It's long. <laughs> it's fantastic, but it is 100% worth it. So let's go back to attachment. What does it truly mean, right? I'm going to take a second here and define what it means to me, what I think it isn't, and, and then we'll kind of just take it from there, right? So in my mind, Attachment is what happens when you start to get so stuck in the ways things have to show up in your life, right? In the original broadcast that I did, right, I used the example of chocolate chip cookies. So I'm going to do that here, right? Let's work, the, let's work it in here. <laughs> now, the first one was an okay example. It was pretty, pretty good, but I'm, I'm going to put it in some context here. I'm going I'm to make up some characters, uh, Joe and, and Lillian, right? So Joe and Lillian are married uh, and Lillian wants some, some cookies, all right? So what I see happen in life, right, is people, right, Lillian gets the idea that she wants a chocolate chip cookie. What I see happen in life is that people, let, let's say Lillian, right, our, our, our wife here, gets the idea that they want a chocolate chip cookie. 
And this is what happens next, right? They want the chocolate to come from a certain farm in New Hampshire or Connecticut because those are the only cookies, the only chocolate, right, that is worthy to touch her lips, right? And then the grain must be harvested on a Thursday from a farmer of unknown origin, right? And he's gotta be named Pete. So when that cookie is delivered, right, it should be no later than 7 p.m. And when it happens, I'm gonna be wearing a bright green pajama that says I've made it, right? That is a pretty tall order. So what life brings to them, right, is a little bit different, right? So Lillian's like, I want a cookie, right? And then like the cookie's gonna come, don't you worry, but watch what happens next, right? So in this ludicrous example, their spouse, Joe, right, he brings home a batch of fresh baked cookies from the farmer's market. And she's like, wow, wish fulfilled. Yeah, it's getting good, right? But it turns out that the farmer Pete's wife, Sally, is the one who baked them in their cottage in Vermont, right? And it turns out that it's 7.05 p.m. Now, you are wearing the pajamas that you you said, you know, I've made it, right? They're bright green, but you don't feel like you've made it, right? How could your how could Joe be so stupid, right? He didn't bring it at seven o'clock. He didn't get the Connecticut chocolate, right? And then Sally made them. Ugh. Right? And it's just like, well, hold on, right? Did you tell anyone any of those facts? Right? Did you say you wanted the, the Connecticut chocolate and not the Vermont? Did you say to be home at seven? Right? But you have these expectations in your head and you start to get attached to them. And that is what happens when you get the cookies and you are still not satisfied. Right? So let's talk a little bit about what attachment isn't. Right? <laughs> I promised you guys there would be cookies. Who knew it would be ludicrous cookies? So let's get into what it isn't, right? So in this example, our unsuspecting husband, Joe, right, is hoping that he's going to bring home the cookies, right? He's going to score some brownie points. Maybe his wife will like massage his feet when they're done watching Murder, She Wrote for the 47th time because their kid loves watching the show together, right? And what isn't happening here is, you know, he's not setting himself up for failure because he knows there are so many variables in his life. He knows his life is complicated. His kids, you know, they're, they're really challenging. The wife is really particular. So, you know, he knows that there are variables here, right? What happens during the episode? What's What happens during dinner? Like, what if I get the wrong cookies, right? The last time I got, I got the wrong cookies, I got yelled at, right? So he's trying to be fluid, right? He's resolved to be flexible, right? He doesn't necessarily need to know that his wife isn't happy with his like cookie fulfilling failure because he knows he intended to bring home the cookies for his wife to show and tell her that he loves her, right? To care about her and maybe like just got excited to do something small for her, right? And, and hoping that she would see that. So this is where it gets super interesting, right? So Joe, right, our hero in this story, right, doesn't see that the only thing, you know, that that Sally, the farmer's wife, forgot about the cookie prescription, right, is the attention to detail that his wife craves. Now, when others do not pay the exact amount of attention to detail that she does, Right? They're no longer worthy of her love and attention, right? And it angers her to boot. So, you know, she might say something like, how could anyone be so reckless? I mean, it's not that hard. 
chocolate chip cookies, 7 p.m. from Connecticut, right? It's not that hard. Any idiot could do it, right? And there we have it, suffering, right? You asked for chocolate chip cookies. You got really specific on what you wanted. You didn't tell anyone. The universe provided these cookies, but not good enough, and everyone's an idiot, right? It's tough. So now Joe is not only in the doghouse for being five minutes late, bringing home the wrong cookies, but now he's shamed and blamed for the pleasure of the whole ordeal. And see, that's not where the pain ends, right? Attachment, (laughs) suffering. You see where we're going here, right? Because I know after she ridicules her husband, right, after all of this, she's going to the farmer's market, she's going to the store, she's going to wherever she's going to work, right? And she is going to tell all of her friends, all of her coworkers, how much of an idiot her husband is, right? And the story just keeps continuing. Now, I know that was the super (laughs) ludicrous chocolate chip cookie suffering example, right? About like fictitious Joe and and Lillianne, right? But how many of you guys have heard things in that story that you're guilty of, right? Of like not telling your friends or your partner or your kid or your spouse what you were thinking in your head, the expectation you had in your head, And, you know, then like just blasted them for not fulfilling those unsaid or unheard expectations. Right. Or maybe you're on the receiving end of that that conversation as a coworker. Right. The the woman comes to work and she's complaining about something that her her spouse did or whatever. Or, you know, I don't mean to be gender specific. I'm just using random uh, random pronouns. You know, how many of you guys can relate to this as ludicrous as it is, right? I know I've been in both situations. I know that I've unfairly moved the line without telling anyone and then gotten upset at it. Uh, it happened last night. Uh, I was getting out of the hot tub uh, and uh, my daughter was being silly and she boot me in the butt, right? She just like bonk right, as I was getting out. And in my head, I was like, oh, I didn't like that, right? I was like kind of like leaning over the stairs to get into the hot tub and I didn't say anything. Right. And then I was drying off and I was like bending over again and drying my legs. And then she did it like even harder this time. And I just was like, "Ah!" you know, I think I said, stop. I don't even know what I said, but it wasn't like a kind like, oh, sweetheart, I I, I really don't like that. Or, you know, whatever I, I normally say, it was like, stop, you know, and then she was like, oh, sorry. Right. And it really bothered me. And I actually came back a few minutes later and said, hey, sorry, I snapped at you like, when you did it the first time, I, I said in my head, please, I don't like that. But I didn't actually say those words out loud. So ludicrous chocolate chip cookies, um, attachment, expectations. And what I want to do is bring this into the world of calm the chaos, right? Which is why we're here. What the heck does any of this have to do with, with parenting? So let's take a deep dive into UQ. Uh, which is what we teach here at Calm the Chaos, right? So, um, you know, just a quick recap for anybody who's new here, right? The UQ framework is four parts. It is you, connect, understand, and empower, right? And we're just going to go through each one of those parts here. Uh, And if you are new here, I do highly recommend you start at the beginning and just kind of get some of the primer episodes, like the first three or four, uh, really get you started. You know, you can obviously listen to all of them in order, but those are kind of give you the foundation here. Dana here, and guess what? My book, Calm the Chaos, has officially launched. So if you enjoy the podcast and find the stuff we're sharing valuable, I'm 100% sure you're going to love the book. You can get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com 
And if you use this link, you'll also get some special bonuses. So once again, the link is calmthechaosbook.com. Thanks. I hope you're enjoying the show. So in, in, in this context of expectation and uh, attachment, right, and control, Let's talk about the UPs, right? This is the hardest part of the journey, right? The 18 inches between your head and your heart, that right there is the ticket to happiness, right? How can you, while you are inside of the Coke bottle, figure out how to read the directions outside the can, right? That's the game here. The directions are printed outside the can, and here are the steps you need to get out of the can, one, two, three, but in order to read them, you have to get out of the can, right? <laughs> like, what do you, hey, can I have? Right, so that's the key. You have to start asking for help from somebody who's outside the can who can like, you know, binocular it or just read it. Hey, this is what you need to get out, right? And that is the beauty of our coaching program, right? This is what Calm the Chaos does. We can see the directions, right? We have them, we figured them out. We've had thousands of parents go through our program and we, we've got it down to a like simple, easy to follow roadmap. So you know what step to take when, right? The whole thing is flipping brilliant, right? Dana has just like simplified this thing to a tiny framework, UQ, and a roadmap to follow, right? And that is why I am so passionate about doing what we do. That's why I want everyone to have a copy of Calm the Chaos, right? Like it's just hanging out back there, or maybe it's over here. Yeah, it's over here. So I'm, I'm like the weatherman uh, for those of you on YouTube watching. If not, I'm just rambling. So it is truly the key to calming the chaos in your life, right? Just following that framework following the advice of others who can see where you're at from outside of the bottle. So when we start taking a hard look at ourselves in the mirror, you can say something like, you know, where am I showing up looking for the result in the exact way I want, right? And I am only satisfied if it goes according to that plan, which, you know, conveniently no one knows because I haven't figured out how to advocate properly for myself or like or my needs, right? Let alone how to communicate those needs to others in a way that can hear, like, you know, they can hear and, and receive those words without getting triggered, right? Do you see where I'm going with this? We have to have some grace for ourselves. Not a single one of us is ready for every possible scenario or situation and, and has every resource we need at our disposal in the exact moment it's needed, right? We are, for all intents, works in progress. So why not celebrate that, right? Celebrate all the times you've screwed up, all the times you've got it wrong, all the times you've had to eat crow because on the other side of that screw up was you learning what you needed to grow and expand, right? This is imperfection at its finest. So the you piece to attachment, control, and expectation is to learn to navigate that fine line between wanting, dreaming, desiring, right? And the line of expectations, demands, right? And that deep need to control everything in your life. Which brings me to our next point in our, our framework, right? The C, right? C for control. Wait, no, no, no. <laughs> it's definitely connect, 
right? So right now, Dana is like rolling her eyes in her grave, right? She's alive. Don't worry. Cancel, cancel, right? But hilariously enough, she has different ways of going through life than I do, right? Fancy that. But I do have to manage myself so that I do not end up alone in a corner crying about how I had the best wife and the best life ever, right? So how do I do that? I think the best way that I can do that here is to bring you an example from our community. Just the other day, uh, a woman in our in our program, uh, her name is Sarah, and thank you, Sarah, for agreeing to you know have your story shared. Uh, it's brilliant, and you performed brilliantly during it. So I'm just going to offer some gentle suggestions for how she could have done maybe a little differently. Maybe it would turn out better. Maybe it would turn out worse. Right. But again, these are just suggestions, not criticisms. I wasn't there. I don't have all the details. Right. And nobody likes a backseat driver. So here's here's the details. Right. Sarah is going on a walk with her kids. Yay, nature. So we've got Sarah, mom extraordinaire, her seven year old girl, her 11 year old boy and a friend who's joining them who has their their dog with them. For the most part, right, the kids are on board with this walk and on the way back from their destination, right, the dog jumps into the stream and when they get out, uh, the, the dog like runs into the seven-year-old and brushes up against them, right? And out of instinct, the 11-year-old starts laughing at the wet dog who jumps out of the, the river and kerblammed the younger sibling and like just couldn't help himself, right? And the seven-year-old, the, the girl who hates being wet, is now embarrassed because the brother's laughing at her, right? And this throws her completely out of her rhythm and she's overwhelmed and she's like, she's at the end of this walk, right? It's like she's working hard to maintain her, her positive attitude, her good outlook in life, like whatever's happening. So there are probably some factors here that that are outside of just this immediate situation with the dog and, and the, the brother laughing, right? Maybe she's tired or hungry. Maybe she's sad from the way the day is going. Like maybe something didn't go well earlier, right? We don't have all those facts, but like this is what we do have. We've got a seven-year-old who's upset because they're unhappy with how they were treated. We've got Sarah, the mom, who's doing their very best to support the needs of both of her kids, right? The family friend, who's there, like the, the the puppy that's running around, right? She's managing all those things that are happening, right? So what's a mom to do, right? So Sarah springs into action and knows immediately this about her kid, right? Too many words, too many thoughts, too many insights, no matter how well-intentioned they are, are going to overwhelm her daughter even more. So she gets closer, right? She gets lower and she says, hey, I'm sorry this happened to you. I'm here to help. I'm going to give you space because I know that's what you need, right? I know that's your preference. I'm here for you. I'm just going to walk a little ahead so you, you have space, right? Let me know if you need. And then she, she proceeds to walk home like this. So she strikes a balance between walking ahead, right? And making sure her daughter doesn't feel abandoned, right? So it's close, but not too close, right? So they manage to get the kids back to the house, said goodbye to the friend, pup, everyone goes on about her day. Like no major disasters to speak of, right? It, it, it turned out okay. Um, now this is where it gets interesting. The whole thing took, I think about 45 minutes to get home. Uh, and that was way longer than it should have taken, right? It was maybe like a 10 or 15 walk home or 20 minute walk home. And it was just two or two or three times longer, right? So that that's like the factor that's really getting under Sarah's skin. Outside of the time factor, right? By my books, 
she handled this like a pro, right? No one got blamed. No one got shamed, right? She took everything in stride. She, you know, she managed everyone's emotions. She managed the situation and, and everyone came back in one piece, right? Not, not too big of a deal, right? Now we have to like figure out how to get the kid dry and, and all that stuff. But when she gets back, right, she starts to really get worried about the future, right? And is worried that it took her seven-year-old way too long to get out of this funk and way too long to get home, right? And she starts to blame her inability to help her daughter out of the bad mood, right? She starts blaming herself for not being good enough to help her daughter, Again, this is just me. I have to guess. I wasn't there. You know, I haven't had, like, I didn't interview her about this, right? It was just a, a thread in Facebook. So the reality is, right, what more than likely happened is that her daughter was on this long walk, was having a blast. This this thing that wasn't that great happened, right? But it was towards the end of the walk, and she probably didn't have enough, like, in the tank, so to speak, like, to, like, rally out of it. Right. So by by framework standards, right, Sarah connected with her daughter in the moment. She stayed connected to the son. She didn't blame her, blame him or shame him. Right. She provided the support to her daughter in the way her daughter needed it and did this while writing out like the wet dog disaster of 2023. Where did Sarah like go awry here? Right. And, and the reality is, I don't think she did. She was balancing so many factors in the situation, like pretty beautifully, I think. So I think what that brings me to here is the understand piece, right? For for this example, I'm going to take some liberties and just, you know, like assume things here just for the sake of the episode, uh, you know, and, and Sarah, if you're out there and you're listening, right, you'll have to like fill us in on, on the details. But for this example, I'm going to make up a few different details just to like, under, like illustrate the understand piece, right? So just bear with me here. Now, in this scenario, right, she wasn't getting much detail out of her daughter because the daughter had like gone too far down the, the path emotionally uh, and needed some quiet and some peace and such some time to herself to recalibrate her her systems and get those back into balance right now maybe she didn't like she needed to feel safe from the laughter you know from her brother right and i'm pretty sure the brother said like i was just laughing at the dog coming out of the water i wasn't laughing at her right and then like the 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 older brother didn't realize like he didn't have the impulse control to realize his actions like could be misconstrued and then possibly hurt the feelings of his sister right and then when it became like painfully apparent that that's what is happening instead of like kind of backing off and being like oh my gosh i didn't realize i'm so sorry right he doubled down into self-protection and said like well i didn't do anything wrong here i was just laughing at the dog right like that's her problem not mine um, which is a totally valid human reaction, right? Like, ooh, I caused my sister pain, I'm out, right? There's there's factors there that we're not so sure about. Um, maybe the daughter just needed some food, right? Like maybe she was just like, didn't have anything in the take, like literally, right? Maybe she needed some dry clothes, right? There are a lot of factors here that we can pull in from behavior funnel, right? We've got a behavior funnel episode. You can go check that out, Right to get really to like the root of the struggle, right? Cause like the not walking, the walking slow, walking like a snail, like 
that's like the external result, but there's something on the inside happening, right? But at the end of the day, all of these factors are outside of Sarah's control in the moment, right? So that's where we land on our final part of the framework, right? The great part about this story, right, is Sarah nails the landing, right? She's working with all the tools in her toolbox, right? She gets her kids back to the house safe and sound, right? Like she's the ex she's using the framework, but she's the expert in her kids, right? She knows how to balance the interplay and, and she's working like a champ here. So no one gets blamed, no one gets shamed, no one feels less than, you know, for having big emotions. To me, this is a massive, massive win, right? She is in the moment empowered her children, right, through her actions uh, to navigate a very tricky situation with understanding and kindness. So, you know, did it go perfectly? No, absolutely not. So let's quickly talk about how she did it, right? She gave her daughter the space to feel those big feelings, right? She simultaneously made sure her 11-year-old was safe and happy, right? And did this while another adult was watching, right? So we've got outside pressure. Right? It's like masterclass, right? So let's talk about the aftermath because this is the crux of this episode, right? This is where, like, let's bring it back home to attachment and expectations, and in the moment, Sarah was masterful, right? She's bobbing and weaving and she's navigating this rocky terrain of seven-year-old on the verge of an absolute meltdown, right? In the aftermath, out of the moment, Sarah falls apart just a little bit, right? Her fears start to take over about the future of her seven-year-old being able to handle, you know, when things don't go perfectly, Right? She starts saying, oh, it took us 45 minutes to get home. How am I going to do this? She's not even a teenager yet. What am I going to do then? Right? You know, and like, did you see it? Did you guys see what just happened? Right? The cookies weren't from Vermont. Right? Ugh. Now, again, Sarah handled this like spectacularly, but she's got some thought monsters here that are starting to creep in about her daughter's ability to maintain cool under pressure at the ripe age of seven. Right. There are so many things happening in a human body at the age of seven. Right. Let alone we haven't like established higher order thinking yet. Right. Let alone not factoring in the brain science that, you know, our FFF is full blown force, like ready to go. But the deciding factor of if something is a panic or not, that that part's not online yet. Right. So there are so many things happening, so many years of development, so many amazing like hormonal changes, brain changes that are coming down the pipe. But in this moment, Sarah is worried about her daughter's ability to control herself, right? To have big emotions and navigate them. How is she ever going to navigate life? I'm going to leave, right? That like bringing the predictable past into the future for another episode. But this deep desire to have everything go perfectly is what's eating away at Sarah's happiness here right? She's starting to suffer a little bit because of it. So when things alter from the plan, when they're not perfect, we end up being not satisfied, right? So let's, uh, let's, let's really take this home here. Expectation leads to attachment. Attachment leads to control, right? And the whole shooting match is a recipe for suffering. Even when we are in the best scenarios like Sarah, right? Still, suffering is achieved, right? It's like magic. So 
What we need to learn to do is to start to release our expectations of the outcome, right? All right, man. Sure. No problem. Let me just release those. Adios. Right? No, this is where we say this is simple, right? The answer is simple, but it is not easy. Sometimes it's near impossible, right? But it, 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 I said near impossible, right? So we have to take our time. And this is, this is the super important part. This was the hardest part for me to, to understand and learn. And I'm still learning. Don't get me wrong. We have to take our time, give ourselves grace, compassion, you know, and a hard look in the mirror as to how we're showing up for ourselves every day, right? Are we modeling the behavior that we want to see from our children? Are we handling these situations with love and grace we want for our children when they are struggling? Are we extending that same compassion to ourselves when we don't get what we want? How can we learn to let go of our fears, our emotions, and for lack of a better word, ego, in order to regain the control we so desperately desire to have in our lives? Right? How can we trust not only ourselves, but our children? Right. And if you're spiritually minded, how do we trust that the universe has our back and that everything's going to work out in our favor? Right. And having that motto, having that mantra, everything is working out in my favor has absolutely transformed my life. Right. We should probably do an episode on that. That is the choice you get to make. Right. Do I want to be the type of person who trusts myself? Do I want to be the type of parent who trusts my children? Do I believe that everything is working out in my favor, right? And if so, how is it working out here in this scenario? What am I learning? What are the results I'm getting? You know, one or the other. How is this working out for me? This question alone will get you out of 87% of your funks, your jams, your bad moods, right? You will figure out how to solve the problem when you are looking for solutions, not for chocolate chips from Connecticut, right? You're not looking for problems, You're looking for solutions. You're looking, how is this working out for me, right? And that is how Lillianne accepts the cookies that don't have the perfect recipe. It's okay to want the, the, the Connecticut chocolate chips. It's okay to want Pete to make them and not Sally, right? It's okay to want those things, right? But when we get attached to the outcome and we get a cookie that's maybe like two clicks from perfect and then we're miserable about it, right? And we're miserable about it for a week. That's where we start suffering. That's where we start like living our lives in misery. I think this does it for today, but we'll be back next week with some amazing expert secrets from all around the parenting industry, right? So keep your eyes out for next week's episode. Uh, I cannot wait and I hope you can't either. So with that, always an honor and a privilege, and I will see you guys next time. Oh, and before I go, one quick note for all of you who are enjoying the podcast. My new book is officially live, and I know you're going to love it. So just a quick reminder, you can go get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you do, you'll get some cool bonuses as well. Once again, get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com, and I'll see you next week.